Hello and welcome to PMI's Leading for Business Excellence podcast. I'm Susanna Clark, Managing Partner of PMI, the performance improvement consulting and training firm. Our podcast brings inspiring stories from across the globe, from a multitude of different sectors and with great leaders who share their experience and what business excellence means to them. So it was an absolute pleasure to be joined by Tom Greenwood, CEO for Helios Towers, an independent telecommunication infrastructure company for Africa and the Middle East, and discuss how business excellence is supporting their growth, the need for data, analysis, and of course, process standardization. We talk about their business excellence strategy, delighting customers, and how Lean Six Sigma is supporting them with their four must-win business excellence battles. Listen out for Tom's advice on the three areas of focus of what makes a great leader and why we must keep learning. I do hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome, Tom. Thank you for joining me today on our Leading for Business Excellence podcast. Great to have you. Thanks, Susanna. Great to be on. Good. I wondered if we could just start off with you giving an introduction to our audience to tell us a bit about your career and how you ended up having one that was so focused on business excellence. Yeah, so my name's Tom Greenwood. I'm Group CEO of Helios Towers. We're a telecoms infrastructure tower business operating around Africa and Middle East. And I've been with the business actually since inception about 13 years ago in 2010. I entered it through the finance route, being a kind of M&A specialist previously, chartered accountant, and really entered the business at complete startup phase. So I've grown up with the business over the past 13 or so years, which has seen significant growth over that time. We now operate across nine markets, eight in Africa, one in the Middle East, with the potential plans to grow further, such as the demand for more and more telecoms infrastructure over time. And I've always been a very commercially minded and operationally minded finance guy. For me, always has my eyes set on moving into more of the CEO arena hand in hand with that comes business excellence and really focusing on driving customer service, ultimately, therefore, delivering success in the business and sustainable value. For me and for Helios Towers, the business excellence focus that we have, which is based off Lean Six Sigma, is really embedded throughout the entire business. We're a business that focuses on delivering power in remote locations, in thousands of remote locations, in each one of our telecom tower sites. Our customers rely on us for that. And we also have big projects and logistics elements to our business as well. So for us, making decisions based on data, and based on proper analysis rather than emotional decisions 
is really the, the name of the game. If we do it and we do it well, then we'll deliver an excellent and a premium service to our customers. And ultimately, that drives the success of our business. If our customers are happy and we're growing with our customers in partnership, then you know that ultimately leads to business success. And you talked about the different countries that you're working in, and I know you're working in multiple locations in the countries. Presumably, the projects that you run that are around business improvement, they have the possibility to then be replicated because presumably problems that you have in one location, it's not unusual to expect that you've got the same problem elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think our business, we aim for standardization across the business, across the markets as much as possible. Obviously, there there are certain local nuances in some markets, so you have to make small tweaks here and there. But yeah, we operate very much a standardized program. We like everyone in the business, whatever is their natural language, to be speaking the same Lean Six Sigma business excellence language. So we all understand each other and what we're getting at when we're assessing a problem and trying to solve it. And for that, you absolutely need standardized processes, standardized systems, all of our core systems, be it operational, financial, et cetera, are all centralized cloud-based systems, which are effectively just replicated in each market we're in. So that we're off to a good start on that. And then you complement that with the business processes that we've built, which to all intents and purposes, are standardized across every market. And this drives efficiency, this drives knowledge sharing, this enables mobility of people between the markets, this ensures easier management from a group perspective, and it also has benefits around if we find a new way of doing something in one market and drive efficiencies through an orange belt or black belt project or any other kind of initiative, then almost certainly it will be applicable in all the other markets. So we have within our business excellence program and environment, we have a very transparent and sharing culture whereby business excellence projects are very much publicized both at local level in each OPCO and around the group. That includes everything from the business excellence champions sharing that to when we do our quarterly town halls each quarter when we release our earnings we have a feature on some business excellence projects and someone in in one location around the group will maybe present so it just becomes part of the culture and part of the conversation and all our colleagues are very keen to to share learnings across the group so that really helps it's very much an open transparent environment and that's what we try and promote within our mm. culture and we have a strap line to go with that which is one team one business which tries to conjure up in people's minds to to be transparent so i know that you obviously you have trained up a lot of people and a lot of that has been around the project what we would call project based improvement so that sort of orange belt black belt etc But I like the fact that you talk about standardization because we talk about standardization a lot. And of course, standardization isn't just in terms of standardizing within the course of the project itself. It's about the life cycle of that process after the project is finished. And how do you not only maintain the standardization you've achieved, but then also go on to continuously improve? 
I'd be interested to understand a bit about what challenges you've seen in that transition from project into sort of steady state process management and how you've addressed that. Yeah, that's a key part of it. Yeah, obviously what we don't want to do is invest a lot of time and resource and money in training people and for people to do one project that's then forgotten about (laughs) and put in the bottom drawer, as it were. We do that through a number of means and again, through local and group-wide engagement. So we have a centralized business excellence team and Alan Fairburn, who is in the Exco, he looks after that from a group perspective and liaises with all business excellence champions and MDs across the group. So there's a sort of upward filtration of all of the projects that are doing and we track it centrally and we make sure that if we're doing something good in one market, then that's transposed to another pretty quickly. And then in terms of making projects and improvements from projects permanent, a lot of that is around the governance and steps that we take once the project is complete. So obviously that comes with documentation, any system changes that are needed, training of people of how to adopt the new way of doing things. And that's just an ongoing thing. You can Mm. never take your foot off the gas on that. So Uh, again partly that just comes with training people as well and having enough people around the organization know that's what we've got to do to keep it going when we launched our five-year sustainable business strategy in on 2022 so around 12 months ago now one of our targets was over the next five years through to 2026 to have 70 percent of all of our workforce across the group trained in either orange belt or black belt. We're very much on track with that. I think in the past year, we've gone from about 30% to 40% through significant training programs in 2022. And we've got the same scheduled for this year and beyond. So I think just having knowledge of Lean Six Sigma across the organization in a deep way really helps that. Now, of course, all that training brings with it other problems because for every person being trained, there's a project, sponsor, you need to make sure all of that's being done and being done in an efficient way. So we've built our processes and resource around that to ensure that we capture all of the value from it Mm -hmm. and and take it forward. And I know that you've developed a business excellence strategy and you've got what you call your four must-win battles. And I'm interested in how have people been getting behind that to support that? Part of our year-end strategic review, looking forward into 2023, we held a number of executive leadership team and other management team get-togethers, including a large conference in Dubai in, in Q4, where we brought a lot of our senior leaders together. And really the question that I wanted to ask people and challenge people on is, okay, we've got the five-year strategy. The first year is going very much in line with it. Looking forward to 2023, what do we need to do in 2023 to achieve and beat our targets and make sure that we're either on or even ahead of Mm. our five-year view by the time we get to the end of next year? So... We held a number of workshops and had contribution from a huge amount of people actually across the business in terms of looking at what really makes Helios Tower successful. And of course, for that, you've got to start with the customers. What do the customers want? 
What do they care about? And then, of course, you go into looking at other aspects such as financial performance and how we get the best return out of our capital and our assets, et cetera, et cetera. And really, we whittled it down to four key must-win battles, which is what we're now in the process of executing through 2023. And they're basically centered around the service performance and improving financial return. We believe if we execute them well, then we'll significantly surpass our targets and aims for this year and be really on a good track for our 2026 end of the five-year targets as we currently stand. So we've done a series of workshops involving every single person in the company which have been held in each location. These are involved half-day and full-day workshops where everyone contributes to make suggestions on how we execute these four must-win battles through this year. And we've had some really great feedback and great contribution from people all around the business, every department, every level. been really pleased about that. And really where we stand now looking ahead for this year I'm confident in saying that every single person around the business knows what our key strategic targets are for this year, knows what our four must-win battles are, and is in some way contributing to them. I think if we can get all the organization working together on that, then we're setting ourselves up well for success. I think where one of the things I was going to ask you about was how you are managing the progress on the must-win battles from the projects as well that are being delivered. So you've got, as I understand it, your improvement projects are focused on each of the must-win battles. And then you are managing and tracking the progress against each of that. So it's very formal, isn't it? It's quite a system in itself of managing that improvement. Yeah, Yeah, no, for sure. No, we have regular check-ins throughout the business. There are KPIs that are being very closely tracked, everything from daily KPIs through to monthly KPIs and regular check-ins at all different management levels throughout the business. We keep a close eye on it and there's always going to be things going off-piste and curveballs in the business. The minute we see something like that happening, that's when other people from around the business will jump into support and we'll we'll gather together to, to find a solution. So yeah, so we've got all that reporting and monitoring set up and that that's super important actually to make sure that we don't take our eye off it. Have you found that it starts to become positively infectious? (laughs) What I mean by that is that you start to get people putting their hands up and saying, we've got a problem over here. How can I work to solve that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I think that the whole Lean Six Sigma business excellence program for people who, first of all, don't know what it is and are always a little bit intrigued, I think. So bringing people in is great and then yeah in terms of support around the business we operate as i said before a one team one business ethos so there are resources dedicated to supporting all of the various operational aspects around the group if there's a challenge in a particular market then obviously group people will go and and help for as long as it takes that's how we operate obviously we can't just have someone constantly saying, oh, come and do my job for me. But that's not the ethos at all of of our people at Helios. It's really about whoever needs the help shouts and and everyone's out. We all speak with each other day in, day out anyways. Nothing's really a surprise. 
it's just more about just keeping the communication going. And you are doing quite a lot of work with local communities, aren't you, in the different countries. I'm interested in what the sort of theories were about that in terms of putting that energy into supporting local community and what kind of projects you've worked on with them, what sort of benefits that you've seen from the people within Helios Towers being involved in those events. We've got a whole bunch of different initiatives, actually, across different markets around CSR and education and digital inclusion and the like. So, for example, recently we've done a number of joint projects with some of our customers, some of the mobile operators in the markets we operate in, to, for example, set up computer labs at schools and whereby we, Helios, will provide the structure and some of the infrastructure and sometimes the laptops or iPads or whatever. And our customer, the mobile operator, will provide connectivity, broadband, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And we've done that actually in a number of markets, even over the past few months. And I'm sure there's more of that to come. And then we also have a number of different initiatives around getting graduates into the workforce, particularly female graduates. Obviously, we employ a lot of engineers and the female representation in the engineering space is traditionally low. So we're doing certain initiatives to try and promote that. We've launched something called the Helios School of Engineers, which sees a number of graduates from local universities have graduate training roles within our business, which includes experience in different departments for a couple of years postgraduate. And again, then we've got a we've got a focus to try and get as many women coming in on board with that. We really do the full suite of local engagement, and we've got some real great graduates coming through the business, solving problems with the skills that they've learned in their graduate program. To be honest, it's great to have fresh ideas coming in and and contributing from day one, because you really can contribute from day one in our business if you've got the right attitude. And for yourself, was it when you first joined Helios that you first came across the sort of Lean Six Sigma Business Excellence, or was that something you'd experienced elsewhere? I learned it at Helios, yeah. So I'd heard of it previously, but yeah, I did it all here, yeah. I know my early experience was... I think somebody showed me a control chart and I just thought, I don't even understand what that is. And so don't ask me to populate it. It didn't make any sense. No, now I wouldn't be without them. But when you first started to be introduced to it, how did you feel about it? A lot of it is common sense in a way, just packaged in a digestible format and getting everyone to think the same in terms of analysis and assessing a problem or process. I thought the the orange belt first, obviously, and then the black belt previously trained when I originally before I did M&A I, I trained as an accountant so when you do that you get trained on a lot of processes so yeah. I've done quite a lot of that before and then obviously with the orange belt training you get trained in a certain way to assess and make process more efficient so that was really good learnings I felt and then in the black belt there's probably a little bit more on the statistical side in that and i'd actually done the maths and statistics at university many years ago and basically forgotten nearly all of it but (laughs) the black belt was in a way brought to life 
that. I've learned it from the pure math side and the writing long equations and stuff like that without really yeah. any practical <laughs> application. Yeah. But this was basically right. So you know, forget all that. But actually, this is how you would use it for this data set and this type of business. So that was actually really good. And obviously has a good application here at Helios. So I found it one of the best, most useful trainings I've ever done in my mm. career, particularly when we're launching a new Orange Belt program and we have 10 or 15 people doing it. I will often actually come on and say a few words at the beginning. And I always say that which because I truly believe it. It's really very practical training for a business such as ours, but obviously can be used in pretty much any business. I'm very pleased with how it, how practical it is for us and the benefits that it's brought. Obviously, your own background, financial, you talked about doing statistics at university and so on. We're really clear about what are the components of creating change. And one of those components is the psychology, is paying attention to the people. How have you found maintaining the momentum and maintaining the motivation from a psychology perspective? How do you manage that? Got to empower people to make their decisions and not feel micromanaged. That's absolutely critical. So mm. the orange and black belt tools of the trade that I learned actually gives people very practical tools to be able to make decisions and think about problems in the same way as everyone else in the business. So that actually is a very good tool for empowerment. And empowerment makes people perform better. It makes people happier. And, you know, what's also important with the learning, the training, and the empowerment is obviously people, you know, not going to get it right first time. So, Making mistakes as well is fine. And what we need to do as a business is make sure there's the support structure around so that people can make mistakes in a safe environment, learn from them, not feel bad. We'll never ever have a blame culture where someone is blamed for something. If something goes wrong, we blame the process and we look yes. at the process, analyze the data and figure out how we make the process better. And it's very important that people make mistakes when they're learning. That's basically the best way to learn, actually. Yeah. It's important that's the environment here and everyone's very, very clear on that. And I think that helps with the sort of psychological side of it as well. If people are happy and not scared of making mistakes, they'll actually learn faster. And do you work with your supply chain, particularly in terms of their improvement? Because your processes are obviously spanning across. How much do you do with them? We have a number of strategic partners across the group who are as contractors, but we call them partners. We work with them, again, on a one-team, one-business basis. Often we'll be co-locating with some of them in the same office. They might be in our office. We might be in their office, depending on the country and the region. And yeah, absolutely. We actually invest in our partners and some of them are actually doing the Lean Six Sigma training as well alongside our official employees. And we're actually looking at extending that out to some of our customers as well, because obviously our relationship with our customers is not just a kind of buy-sell relationship. We're doing, in some cases, hugely complicated engineering projects with them over many months in terms of building new telecoms infrastructure in very 
challenging locations at the top of mountains or in areas with huge wind speeds. So there's a big kind of collaborative approach and workshops and stuff like that. So it's very important as well that our customers are thinking the same and in the same way as we are. And that's uh, that's something else that we're now going to be looking at this year and beyond is actually mm. extending that to our customers so that it really is a full 360 collaboration on the business excellence with our partners, our customers, and of course ourselves helping to drive it. And I think also when those people, those sort of three groups learn together and then implement projects and the changes together, there's a huge sense. It changes everything about the working relationship that you have, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes it a collegiate working mm. environment and I'm on the same team pushing towards the same goal. Yeah, it's, yeah, which is absolutely critical. That's always the way I, that I like to work. And out of interest, is there any person or book or other influence that has been a significant influence on you as a leader for, and your vision for what the future should look like? There's been a lot of influences to me, I guess, throughout my career and a number of mentors over the years. And I've picked up different things from different people. Sometimes it's business excellence. Other times it's how to negotiate well or build a good relationship or something like that. I'm lucky to have met some really great people along the way. And I'm sure that very much exists today. And I'm sure that will very much continue going forward. And then there's a number of books as well. From Good to Great is quite a famous book that links to all of this. So that, that's quite a good read for anyone who hasn't read that yet. <laughs> <laughs> and if somebody came to you and they met you, you're a CEO, and they said, I want to be a great leader, what advice would you give me? What would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, it, for me... To be a great leader, it is a bit of an all-round job. So I think of it in three stages. First of all, you've got to have a real vision. And that's the high level. Where do we want to be in five years, 10 years, time, whatever? Then you've got to create a strategy to execute that vision. And then you've got to execute that strategy, which mm. is getting into the nitty gritty. <laughs> That's where the business excellence side really, really starts to, to kick off. So mm. yeah, vision, strategy, execution. If you've got all of them in some capacity, then that puts you on a good road to mm. becoming a great leader. But uh, you've got to keep learning always. I'm definitely not the finished product and I never will be. I don't think anyone will be because you can always learn more. And that's another key attribute. Never be arrogant and never think you know everything because no one does. You've got to keep learning every single day. You've got to listen to people around you, your colleagues across the whole business, your board, your investors, your friends, your family. You've got to listen to everyone Otherwise, you'll be going down the wrong road. So, yeah, stay humble, keep learning, and keep an open mind. That's great, Tom. Thank you so much. That's very good advice. It's been really great to have some time to talk to you today. And thank you ever so much for joining me. Great. Thank you, Susanna. Great to talk to you. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of PMI's Leading for Business Excellence podcast with Tom Greenwood. 
vision, strategy, execution, and keep on learning are sitting with me still. I hope you feel inspired. And of course, if you'd like to know more about how you can develop your career in business excellence and transform your organization, please do drop us a line, team at pmi.co.uk. I'd really love to hear from you.